You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. So let's dive into these words. It's Amos chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. It'll be on the screens, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. Here we go. Are you ready? It goes like this. I hate, I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week, we talked about the character of Jean Valjean and how he, in this story of Les Miserables, which is fantastic, he represents grace. Now in the musical, it's, he has this grand turnaround and he sings this wonderful song and he's a changed man for the rest of the story. Not so in the book. The book is a bit more honest of what redemption looks like. It's, it's more like this and like this instead of this gradual ascent to heaven. He struggles every day to choose the good. In fact, uh, last week we talked a little bit about this, but he is saved by a priest, Monsieur Bienvenu, right? And the priest gives him all of the silver, and he has more silver than he knows what to do with, more wealth than he has ever had. And what does he do to repay the priest? But on the way home, or on the way home, after he left the home, the police have given him uh, freedom. He's walking away, and he steals a silver coin from a kid who's traveling. He has more money than he knows what to do with, and yet he still steals. And we talked about how we, too, friends, have this silver coin in our story. Or as St. Augustine says, so St. Augustine, uh, back in the 4th century, wrote this book called Confessions. It was, it was like, you know, uh, 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 all the tabloids, like it was his confession out before the world. This is what he said. Close to our vineyard, there was a pear tree laden with fruit, The fruit was not enticing, either in appearance or in flavor. We nasty lads went there to shake down the fruit and to carry it off in the dead of night. We took enormous quantities, not to feast, but probably to throw to the pigs. We derived pleasure from the dead, from the deed, from the dead, oh, sorry, I went dark there, from the deed, simply because it was forbidden. I was in love with my own ruin in love with my own decay, not for the thing which I was falling into decay for, but with the decay itself. In other words, he was in love, not with the pears. He didn't need them. He wasn't hungry. He was in love with stealing. And friends, we all have this coin of Valjean's that even though we have been healed, even though we don't need it, we still, we still can't let it go. Let me make it very real for you. Around about four o'clock every afternoon in the Rawl household, I'm standing in the middle of the kitchen in the island. There's a bag of Takis in one hand, and I'm scrolling TikTok in the other. You know, it's kind of like, um, hi, my name is Joe. I got a wife and three kids, and I work in a button factory. One day, my bu-. just this kind of automatic thing, just checking up on TikTok and eating Takis. 
you know. And then you confide in someone. You confide in someone and say, like, oh, I'm really working on losing weight. You know, I'm trying to get healthy. And they say, well, well, what are you working on? It's like, well, I eat Takis all day while I'm you know, scrolling TikTok. And they say something bozo. They're like, well, then don't do that. You know. It's like when, so to enter into the United Methodist Church, you have to have a physical uh, to do that. And, and after the physical, the doctor says, well, Mr. Rawl, everything checks out, but your BMI is a little high. I was like, how much did I pay you to be a mirror? <laughs> like, I, I know that, right? Thank you, thank you so much for your expert opinion, right? Just don't do that. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way, right? Like, let's, let's trade out the Takis for, like, I don't know, popcorn or, or water or something. And instead of TikTok, maybe you scroll Facebook and pray for everyone who has updated their profile. Like, there, we can, we can do that. Just don't do that. It's not that simple. Just don't steal. Just don't overeat. Just don't, we humans are messy. We need, we need redirection. We need counsel. We need good friends. We need people in our story. Valjean eventually realizes his own depravity. He's like, why did I do that? I didn't need to do it. Why did I do that? And he decides to change his life in secret. And he leaves town. But because he stole this silver coin, now the police are involved. The dreaded police chief, Javert, is now on his case. Just like Valjean represents grace, Javert represents justice, right? Uh, Javert um, uh, grew up in prison. He wants nothing to do with criminals. He sees them as entirely depraved and incapable of redemption or restoration, And so far in the story, he's right. In the musical, Javert sings a song called Stars. He knows his way in the dark, but mine is the way of the Lord. Those who follow the path of the righteous shall have their reward. And if they fall as Lucifer fell, the flame, the sword, stars in your multitude, scarce to be counted Filling the chaos with order and light. Filling the chaos with order and light. That is Javert's perspective. He sees the world dualistically. Light and dark. Good and evil. Right and wrong. And I'm not saying that Javert is wrong in that. There is right. There is wrong. There is goodness. There is sin. There is evil. But if you only see Light and dark, you miss dusk, you miss dawn, you miss color, you miss dynamics. There's more to it than this. Think about music, for example. We've heard beautiful, I love from the inside out. I don't know how you feel about it. I love, I'm, I'm jamming over here. Everlasting. I even said, I whispered to man, I was like, do it again, do it again. <laughs> like encore. I love it so much. Think about music. Music is simply, music is simply a graph of pitch versus time. That's all music is. It's a graph of pitch versus time and it has little notes. Music, on the one hand, is literally black and white. You can look at it you can study it. This story of Javert is as if Javert has been studying music all of his life, but only with his eyes. He's not wrong that we live in a world of black and white. If you look at music, it is black and white, but only with your eyes. The point, 
is to sing, to study music with your ears as well. For example, yesterday we celebrated Ann Merritt's life, beautiful human being, and uh, she loves How Great Thou Art. Now, because she loved How Great Thou Art, I could have passed out the sheet music and said, take it home. Or we could sing. Oh, Lord, my God, when I... If we study music with only our eyes, we miss the dynamics. We miss the point of it all. Javert is not wrong to see the absolutism of light and dark, but he's not complete. Even if he heard a melody of grace, he would not recognize it or understand it. For Javert, justice is order. Everyone has their place. Rank and hierarchy bring stability. It's it's nearly ordained. It reminds me of uh, when we had uh, the Methodist Episcopal Church and the Methodist Episcopal Church South. And the Methodist Episcopal Church South used the Bible to support slavery because they felt that it was ordained. It was part of the calling. It was, and to mess with that system is to mess with the order of God. Grace, in that context, is chaos. The two cannot exist in the same time, in space, in place. Let justice roll down like waters, but for Javert, that would be a crushing Deluge. Psalm 30 says, For his anger is but a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Is grace just? I've heard grace described as getting what you don't deserve. And that may be true if you think we deserve abandonment or if you think we deserve to suffer, we think we deserve to be shut out. Justice, in the Hebrew, is a word called, uh, it's mizpat. And justice in Hebrew means to lift up the lowly. That's what justice is, is to lift up the lowly. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Is grace just? It has to be because justice is lifting up those who need to know that they are loved, who need to know that they have a voice and a place at the table. When we study music with only our eyes, it is incomplete. We have to hear the word of God to begin to recognize that grace and justice are one. At least, let me make it personal, um, as a father... I don't think my children ever deserve to suffer. Do they make poor choices? Everyone but Cecilia. (laughs) Yes, of course. They do. I did. You do. But to say that my children deserve to suffer, that sounds abhorrent to me. And why do we think, why do people think, why do denominations think that that is our default setting with God, our Father in heaven.
Now, this doesn't mean you can't say, I despise your festivals. Your music sounds like noise to me. Please, for God's sake, wake up before noon. Or other things that parents say. Ooh, they're looking at Sam real hard over there. It's not that we don't ever get angry or we don't say, hey, we need to change things. Or, hey, no, 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 no phone. You go to your room. You're done. It's not that we don't do those things. But we do those things to support, to love. I've always said that sometimes we think time out is a punishment. Time out is not a punishment. It's a gift. Here, we're going to take some time away from all the chaos. I want you to go. You, you have permission to be over here and not involved in the crazy. When we, all, when we take a trip as a family, there's always a, a timeout car because sometimes parents have to go in timeout. They just have to be by themselves for a minute. You know, they've been misbehaving. They just need time, right? If we study music with only our eyes, it is incomplete. I despise your festivals, but, but let justice roll down like waters. Let's ride that current together for a better day. But Javert doesn't understand this. There is order and there is chaos. But sometimes they have to occupy the same place in the same time. There's a great story uh, in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus has been asked to heal Jairus' daughter. Jairus, who was a leader of the synagogue, said, hey, my daughter is ill. I need you to help. And Jesus says, okay, let's go. So as he's going to heal Jairus' daughter, there's a woman who had been suffering for 12 years, constant bleeding. No one had paid any attention to her. It said that she had suffered much under doctor's care. She had suffered much under care. And she went to go see Jesus. If I could just touch the, you know the story, if I can just touch the hymn of his garment. And she does. And she was healed. Now, Jesus could have kept walking. The he- that, wouldn't, that would not have hindered the healing. She was healed. Jesus could have kept walking, but he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I felt power come from me. Who touched me? Understand, this is not like guess who, <laughs> as you might play around the table. Jesus is about to teach a very important lesson. Who touched me? And the woman, with great courage, admitted that it was she. In that moment, she admitted that she had touched a rabbi. That's no-no number one. Number two is Jesus now admits, because he has been touched by an unclean woman, that he is now unclean. And you know what happened? There was healing. In the midst of both of those barriers, you're not supposed to touch the holy man. And and, and, and here, Jesus being unclean is not supposed to still have the power of God. And he looks at her and says, daughter, your faith has made you well. When was the last time someone called her daughter? Instead of, oh my God. Or, there's nothing we can do. Daughter, daughter. Your faith has made you well. It was an interruption into what Jesus... He, he had a to-do list. He had a, he had a Zoom at 10. Like he had somewhere to be. And he stopped. 
Because sometimes we have to be interrupted in order to feel and experience the healing of God. So they go to Jesus and like, well, great. Thanks for dilly-dallying. Jairus' daughter is dead. Jesus didn't apologize. He didn't say, sorry, I was late. He goes, no, trust. Believe. Believe. So he went. It said that there was weeping and wailing and great moaning, like a third grade class at 2.15. And Jesus says, while the commotion, she is not dead, she is sleeping. And they laughed. They laughed at Jesus. So Jesus didn't say, oh, it's okay, I know that you really don't believe. Just say, no, he kicked them all out of the room. He said, I despise your festivals and your fatted calf. I don't want any of that. You are laughing in the face of the work of God. You need to go into timeout. And he goes in there with Jairus and he says, Talitha kum, little girl, get up. And she does. And then he says, give her something to eat. Because a snack fixes just about everything. Sometimes we have to be interrupted in order to experience the presence of God. Because we think we have it figured out. We think we have our order all figured out. Sometimes interruptions are helpful. Sometimes they cause us to take a deep breath. And I know, friends, I know, I know, every time we do communion, I know introverts and type ones on the Enneagrams take a deep breath. Because the invitation is, when the Holy Spirit calls you forward... Come and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? And I know that all the Enneagram ones are going, because <gasps> we don't like first row, second row. Thing. And you and I both know you're all going to line up like the Piccadilly anyway. Like, it's okay. Calm down. You know? When the Holy Spirit invites you, taste and see that the Lord is good. Sometimes you need just a touch of chaos to experience the presence of God. Javert seeks to bring Valjean to justice by any means necessary. So Javert, Javert, the police chief, starts to do and to become what he hates. He claims that Valjean is the criminal, Valjean can't be trusted, Valjean is dishonest. So what does Javert do in order to prove that? he starts moving about in disguise at night using deception. It's very much like there's this fantastic story. Uh, it's called Samuel's Ghost and the Witch of Endor. <laughs> it's not Star Wars, but it's a really cool story. King Saul puts on... He, King Saul says, we want to get rid of all the witches in, in the world. We, need, we want to get rid of all the mediums. So what does he do? He wants to consult one. So he tells his men, go find a witch for me because I'm nervous. About to go fight the Philistines. I'm about, about to go meet the Philistines on the playground and I'm really nervous because they're bigger than me. Go find a, a medium. And they do. And it says he puts on other clothing. He puts on a disguise. In Hebrew, do you know what that is? In Hebrew, he puts on treachery is what the word means. He becomes what he hates for his own sense of justice. So he starts to move about in disguise. And what happens is he goes to the Paris Uprising uh, and he is discovered. 
and they tell Valjean volunteers to take care of it. I bet he does. So he takes Javert out, firearm ready, and he lets him go. This kind of grace doesn't fit in Javert's world. He doesn't understand it. He deserves to be killed for his treachery. And Valjean let him go. And he wrestles with it. And he can't stomach it. What the musical doesn't tell you is that later in the story, while Valjean is dragging Marius through the hell of the Paris sewer system, he's apprehended by Javert. Javert catches him. And then Javert lets him go. And you think, oh my gosh. And they all lived happily ever after. Quid pro quo. You let me go, I let you go. Then they rhyme for the rest of the... No. He lets him go, but it is Javert's unraveling. He has finally become what he hates, and what he hates is grace. And he throws himself off of a bridge. And he dies. It's like the story of Jonah. Do you know this story? Hey, Jonah, go preach the good word to your enemy. So Jonah says, nah. (laughs) Nah, fam, I'm not going to do that. He gets on a boat and goes the other way, as if God can't see him, right? There's a great storm. The pagan sailors are the ones who are praying. And Jonah says, oh, it's my God who's the Lord of the the wind and sea. I'm like, really, Jonah, really? Can't you put a stop to this? He goes, I'll tell you what, just throw me overboard. Sounds like he's being sacrificial. He's not. He'll do anything to not have to go to Nineveh. He'd rather die than have to go to Nineveh. So they throw him overboard. And God, in God's great mercy, has a giant fish to swallow him. And in the belly of the fish, Jonah starts singing, stars... In their multitudes, scarce to be counted, filling the chaos with order and light. You are the sentinel. He has this beautiful prayer, like, oh my God, you have saved me, and you're slow to anger and steadfast love. And how does God answer that prayer? But the fish vomits him up on the shore. And he goes and he says, this one who had this eloquent prayer, he gets to Nineveh, not even to Main Street, and says, If you don't turn, you're going to burn. And then he like walks out. Here's the funny part. It worked. (laughs) The king's like, no, no kidding. So the king's like, we need to repent. And they put ashes and sackcloth on even the livestock. Like everybody's repenting, you know. But then this hacks Jonah off. He goes, that's why, that's why I didn't want to come here. Because I know that you are graceful and you're slow to mercy. You need to blow these guys up. And God said, no, they repented. So what does he do? He sits his butt down on the other side of the city waiting for the fireworks because he knows that God's going to come to his senses. And it never happens. God forgives them because grace is the greatest gift when it's given to you and it's the toughest pill in all of Christendom to swallow when it's given to someone you don't think deserves it. Valjean let him go, then he let... Valjean go, and he can't stomach that kind of grace. Because that kind of grace cannot exist in his worldview. And the only solution 
is for your story to be no more. And that's what he does. Can you think of a time when you've been wrong about something? I know it's rare. Javert was wrong about his worldview and it destroyed him. Friends, let us not follow suit. Let us question, let us wrestle. We might not have everything figured out. And that's okay because grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. I mean, I guess grace is getting what we don't deserve. You do know that you deserve to know that you're loved, right? You do know that you deserve to be heard as a child of God, right? You know you deserve to have a place at this table, right? It is open to you. May we be filled with grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray.